Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Um, we've been up in Auckland at X Conference, and it's just been a phenomenal time um, where we've been ministered to by the Word of God. And how many know when you're in an environment like that, you can't hide? Um, somehow in, in the massive arena, God finds you in your seat and he's like, I'm going to deal with you. Um, and you, you just can't help but just let go of stuff that hold on to you. Like in, you know, inhibitions, insecurities, um, you know, sin that so easily entangles, um, things that you just go, and God, well, I, I'm, I feel more freer now, which is amazing. The ministry um, that happened, uh, I tell you, for those of you who live streamed, who managed to live stream in some of the sessions? Amazing, right? So the bishop, uh, Bishop Joseph Garlington, he's in his 80s. And uh, as he spoke, you could just feel the, the anointing of God over years of his life. Do you know, it wasn't until his last, the final session, because, you know, they've been married for so many years. It wasn't until the last session that he, that he led us in on a bit of, a, um, a bit of information that we, when you, when you see people that have been married for ages, you kind of go, oh, they've been day ones, right? But he shared the story about um, having had come through divorce and uh, talked about how um, even in, in those early days, if, as a minister, if people found out that you were divorced, there are some platforms that you cannot speak in, right? And it's like, but they're missing the point. They're missing the point that even when God calls you out of something, you know, there's a journey. Sometimes it's deep, dark, and it's ugly, but God has the ability to restore that even to something that is brand new. And so if you, if you have that, had that journey of relationship in your life and you're in this room, I've got hope for you. Jesus wants to tell you that there's hope for you. And God will continue to grow you from glory to glory. And it's about, you know, it's about learning from your mistakes if you've made them. Learning from your past hurts and dealing with them. And there's so many good help out there for, for people that have felt like, man, I've been forgotten. I want to declare to you today, you are not forgotten. Amen. Whew. I love it that in Romans 3.23, talks about, for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, we're all in this room. We all have sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. You see, um, there is no difference between those who are out there than those who are like those who have been born into a Christian family and those who received Jesus who were not part of a Christian family. You see, part of the journey of, of, of the early church was that Jews and Gentiles was like a big thing. You know, I was born into this, but you got saved into this. And often, sometimes we measure people based on that. Uh, and I want to say this morning in our house, everybody is welcome here. Everybody has a place here. God has purposed you for greatness, and, and God is going to use you not only in here, in your service, but out there as well. Uh, we've been uh, on this journey. Uh, this is week three of our Planted series, and it's been interesting just even in the last couple of weeks, even people have, have listened to um, you know, uh, us preaching and, and talking about how plants in our house are kind of hanging by a thread. Because it's depending on whether they get watered or not, <laughs> whether they survive. And, and Shelly's been, <laughs> it's been quite funny. 
just the people coming up to her and offering to, to give her tips or books or help look after our plants. Um, you know, like all of those things, it's been, it's been quite funny. It's been quite amazing because I think when something is topical, everybody gets to talk about it. And that's what I love about a series is that we get to not only look at a pop line and go, oh, is that me? You know, like, and, and you do something about it. So, so I, I trust this morning that as you sit and listen, you're going to open your heart out to what the Holy Spirit is going to deposit into your heart about where you are and how you're planted and whether you're flourishing or bearing fruit or not. So last week we talked about that we were formed for community. We would, you know, in Acts it talks about you know, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so I trust that this week we've kind of put that into practice because we don't want a church that just hears the word, it does nothing about it. We want to be a people who hear the word and put it into practice put into action. So today, I'm going to be talking about being planted for purpose, all right, being planted for purpose, to be grounded in your faith, and, and, and the, the tagline out of that is the, the proof is in the fruit. Turn to your neighbor and say, the proof is in the fruit. <laughs> um, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm sure you have your Bibles with you, whether that be paper version or device version, open up your Bible. Let's go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, and we'll start reading from the NIV version. You see the production guys laughing in the back there? They, um, they just had to find a couple of versions for me, and I'm starting with this team. <laughs> All right, so um, Galatians chapter 5, we're going to start from verse 13. And the NIV, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Everybody say, called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. I'm going to read that again. But, you, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that amazing? If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Everybody say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Opposite. The flesh desire what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, and so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, it gets deep. <laughs> Brace. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Turn to your neighbor and say, they are obvious. So this is not a secret. They, they are obvious, right? Here we go. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, fits of rage selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. They are obvious. 
they are obvious. So I'm not preaching to the choir. I'm not telling you something that you don't already know. You know this. And here's, here it goes. I warn you, as I did before, that those who, are, who live like this are not, will not inherit the kingdom of God. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, everybody say, but. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live in the Spirit, live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Woo! Lord, have mercy. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, I pray that this morning your word will arrest us, will arrest our flesh, will arrest the obvious. And we crucify it. And Lord, we desire that your Holy Spirit would breathe life into us. Lord, we were blinded, we will see. Where we've been lamed, we will start to walk freely. God, where they are changed, I pray this morning, they are broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, where they struggle, I pray there'll be an ease and a flow. I pray this morning, Father, that you'll guide my words. Let your words be heard this morning. In Jesus' name, preach, Mama Grace. Amen. Amen. All right. So, just like children, I'd like us who, who are anticipating something amazing and something that's really cool, like on Christmas Day when they look under the tree and they see their gifts, I'd like us to assume that posture this morning. You know what I mean? So if you're slouched back in your seat, come up to the edge of your seat. Prophetically, this morning, I'm really saying, like, literally, you need to, you need to kind of take that on. Yeah, yeah, like, like assume, the, assume the position of I am ready to receive what you have for me now. Assume that. Because often, because rooms all over the city are filled with people. And there's one guy on the stage that's talking to them. And so you could be like, bless me if you can, pastor. Bless me if you can. See if that arrow hits here. But here's the thing. I'm not the one firing the arrow. It's the Holy Spirit. I'm praying this morning. The Holy Spirit will convict us of our ways and transform us. I would hate for you to walk out these doors the same. I would hate that. Because it would be a waste of what God has done in our lives. Because it's the finished work of Christ, isn't it? So I would hate for you to walk out the same. So in, 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 in terms of sitting forward and, and anticipating the word of God, you are saying prophetically, I receive that word. I want that word to go into deep into my spirit so that I will not move from it. <laughs> Ooh. 
you know, something is flowing through you as we speak. For example, oxygen is flowing through you as we speak. Your blood is flowing through you as we speak. Something is always flowing through you. In the spirit, I want to ask the question, what is flowing through you? What is it that's flowing through you? What is the life that's flowing through you? You see, sometimes we can have the tendency just to focus on fruit teaching rather than doing what we're hearing. And so that means we don't have the skills to cultivate the ground in which the seed of the word of God will come in and take root and bear fruit. You see, there's blessing and benefit from having fruit in our, in our spiritual walk. Amen? I mean, who doesn't want peace? Who doesn't want love? Who doesn't want self-control? Like, those are things that we desire. But you see, we can't just have that stuff without getting rid of the other things. I don't know whether you remember, um, a few months ago, I think it would have been in the start of the year, God woke me up early in the morning and he said, he said one word, he said, contrast. And I'm like, God, it's 3 a.m. Contrast and contrast, just like it wouldn't leave me. So I thought, well, okay, if anything wakes me up in the middle of the night, I'm believing it's Holy Spirit because I prayed and said, God, you're the only one that speaks while I sleep. No nightmares, no, no dreams, nothing else, but just you. So I, when I got contrast, I was like, okay. And he reminded me of what is the difference between my old life and my new life? Is there a difference between my old life and my new life? What is it about me that's changed? What is it about me that's changed that he's done? You see, sometimes as, as Christians, we can, you know, the, the things that we can control, like coming to church, going to e-groups, paying our tithes, those things we can't control. So we like, tick that box, I'm saved, secured, signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours, Jesus. Right? Because we, we, we do those things. And then the other things that we don't generally see, those obvious things, right? It's kind of like, oh, that's all right. They'll, they'll, they'll get sorted one day. And what we don't realize is these things get, they uncover themselves whenever you, you, you know, when you're not walking in the spirit. These things tend to start in here, get into here, and it gets manifest by when we actually act them out. So God challenged me about my old life and my new life. Do you know there's, there's still days where I, I have to keep going, come on, blood of Jesus over that memory, blood of Jesus over that act, blood of Jesus over that thought, blood of Jesus of that attitude, blood of Jesus. Because we cannot assume that what well, the work of Jesus in our hearts is done, it's finished. Like he said, it is finished. We have to continually walk in freedom. And so if there's no difference between your old life and your new life, today's the day to hand it over. I'm believing today's the day where we need to arrest those attitudes, those mindsets, those behaviors, and expose them because this is the safest place to do that. In the privacy of your own heart, the Holy Spirit wants to deal with that stuff. And so... 
if we are not planted in fertile soil, we are not bearing fruit, right? So if you check out your life and you go, man, I'm still, I mean, I got saved like 20 years ago and I'm still doing stuff that I did 20 years ago or before that. This is for you. If you're saying, well, I'm a Christian now, right? I may be an e-group leader now, but I'm still wrestling with some stuff from way back when. That means we haven't offered it up. Because God's not going to pry that off you. The freedom and the victory is already won for you. We have to offer it up. You know, we have to offer it up. Can I just remind us some of those obvious things? I mean, if the Bible states it, we can talk about it. <laughs> and what, what I'm amazed about the strategy of the enemy, right? Because these things won't necessarily be presented to you on a platter like, bing, here's debauchery. Right? Here's sexual impurity. You know, you're walking down the street and someone comes up to you, would you like some sexual impurity? <laughs> no, no, it's not going to happen like that. Right? It's not going to happen like that. If you think that's it, you, you think the enemy's dumb. He's not dumb. He's very clever. His strategy is such that you won't even know he's working. And so if you think that you could just declare the name of Jesus over everything and think that's going to be cool without being grounded, that's going to be a tough fight. Right? So all these things, don't expect them to just present themselves to you like, oh yeah, I'll pick A, B, or C. No, it's not going to be like that. He's going to wean you down. He's going to, he's going to do things like there's going to be a conversation maybe in your, in your morning tea room. You're just like me and Jesus right now having your cup of coffee. And then you overhear a conversation, right? And so because your ears are now attuned to that conversation, strategy one, tick, right? So your ears are going. And then you're cooking dinner. And just on TV comes this ad for, you know, celebrity, love island, whatever that is, right? And you're like, hmm. oh, that's on at 7.30 on Tuesday nights. I would go to e-group, but maybe I'll just watch that, right? And so you sit down. You see how the strategy is building. And so now the door is just slightly opening. And before you know it, you're feasting at that table. Because if we think you're just going to go from zero to 100 in one flash, no, that's not how it happens. Some people, the journey is over 10 years for some people. And you wonder when, when, when stuff actually happens, you kind of go, well, how did that just happen? No, that's been journey of just, you know, finally you've just gone, oh, man, it's just too hard. I'm going to. That's how clever the strategy of the enemy is. You see, everybody wants the benefits but no one wants to read the policy. That's Holy Spirit. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So people are like, oh, I want love, peace, joy, patience, self-control, all those things. But you have to give up some stuff. You can't have that if you haven't done that. Everybody wants the benefits without the policy. You see, we have a lot of people gathering around fruit, and they're hearing of a preacher about fruit. They're trying to see fruit 
and evidence in their own lives, right? So you come here and you, you get on a jump start and you get a motivational message that sounds real good <laughs> and you leave excited, but you're not seeing anything happen in your life. Because I'm up here talking about fruit. <laughs> and there's no root. I'm here talking about fruit, but you don't have any roots. So it doesn't make sense if you're not rooted in the Word of God, grounded in the Word of God, grounded in the house of God. Too many people just, the wind blows from this side. Oh, that's God's doing something in that house. Times get tough. I think God's doing something in that house. Spiritual helicopters who hover, don't land, and they just follow after what God is doing. And, and guess what? There's a, there's a cargo load that's following them everywhere they go. Because until they deal with it, you're carrying cargo. Oh, where am I going to go where they're going to tell me how awesome I am? Where am I going to go where they're going to tell me how gifted I am? Where am I going to go where they're going to tell me, man, we need you here. We don't need you. God needs you. The world needs people who are grounded in him. Touch your neighbor and say, the proof is in the fruit. <laughs> you cannot produce fruit if you're not grounded, if your roots aren't in fertile soil. You see, if Christ is not the center of your life, he just becomes an accessory. So if you were to buy a new car, if you have the privilege of buying a new car, you get to choose what accessories will come with your car. I've only heard about this, so this is not true to me. But wouldn't it be amazing to kind of go, yeah, I'd like this on there. I'd like that on there. I'd like that on there. Take that out. I don't want that. I think that YouTube shows on, on those kind of things, right? But how many of you know that when you got, Jesus is not an accessory. He's not your Sunday accessory that you put on and then you wander down to church. He is not an accessory for us. Equipus Church, Christ Church, he is not an accessory. If, if there's no Jesus, might as well shut these doors and go and find something better to do. Jesus is not an accessory. There's so many motivational speakers out there. You know, um, I listen quite often to um, the Bishop T.D. Jakes. And he gets the privilege of speaking in both environments. The, the world is asking him to come. Please come and tell us something motivational. And he's like, yep, I can be motivational. But if I don't preach, then I don't want to do this. It's declaring who you are, whose you are, more than the environment that you want to get into. So often... We, 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 we lay, like, we, we kind of choose between, does Jesus, be, do I take Jesus today into this environment or not? 
do I take Jesus to work with me today? Because I work with a lot of atheists, right? Uh, you know, it's easy to say, but we don't do it. We, we like the idea of taking Jesus everywhere with us. You know, I, I often, I get challenged. I'm, I'm sitting in traffic. Something happens and my mouth goes off. And right there and then, like you can't eat your words. You go, oh, sorry, Jesus. Or someone, my kids will remind me. Did, did that just come out? Did that just come out? Right? So attitudes, things that, and I'm going, wow, that's, that's, that's the smell of the old guy. That's dead, man. Well, that's something that should have been dead there. And, and every single day we are challenged with how we live our lives and how we, how we speak to our spouses, how we speak to our children, how we speak to our bosses, how we speak to our employees, how we speak to our neighbor, how we speak to the, the person serving you coffee. Everything matters. Jesus is not an accessory. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is not your accessory. You see, we don't, I don't want us to kind of just move on to the next thing. If the revival is going to happen, it starts with you, and it's not just an overnight thing. Revival happens because you've been praying for years. Revival happens because you've been sowing in for years. Revival happens not just because you feel like it's the right thing. God says, now you're ready. Boom. You see, one of the reasons why we're doing this series is we just don't want people to come into an unhealthy tree. Unhealthy ground, should I say. Right? I'm not saying it is. It's just something. Let's just be on the same page together. Let's just say if we are to be a part of this house, we are grounded, we are healthy, and we are bearing fruit. And I believe when that happens, see those empty seats around you. Not, not only people not choose to go to the beach on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., they will be here. <laughs> Not only will they go, oh, it's a beautiful sunny day. I'll go to the 5 p.m., whatever. This is not about numbers. This is about I'm so hungry to encounter the presence of God. I will do whatever it takes to get there. But here's the main thing. It's with you. Because I can go and sit at the beach, just me and Jesus. It's part of it. But if I get to rub shoulders with you for one hour, right? Because iron sharpens iron. And so your walk with Jesus is not just good by himself. Jesus said, you need to be with my body. And so that's why we need to be devoted to worship, to prayer meetings, to, to getting together. I'll be interested in how many people will turn up tomorrow night. I'm believing it'll be a full house. But it'll be interesting to see whether that's an option or not. How often do we pray and fast? How often do we generally just say as a, as a believer... Today, I'm going to fast. I'm not going to have my breakfast because I'm going to pray through this. Right? God doesn't care how long you're going to have your fast for. 40 days, 40 years. Are you, are you devoted to Him? Is your life changing because you spend time with Him? Do demons go, look out. There she is. Look out. Or they just go, hey, mate, how you doing? High five. Let's do life together today. I want this word to agitate you. I want it to stir you up because I, I, I just think, I think too often 
we fall over because of, can I say stupid? Stupid decisions that we make to satisfy the flesh. And it means it stops us from fully encountering God. It stops us from fully encountering. God is moving, but you're not. God is moving, but you're not growing. What does that mean? Guys, can we pull up the passion version of Galatians, please? This is your big moment that they've worked hard for this morning. Yes! All right, here we go. Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. Freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the net. I love the passion trends. To set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all we do. For love completes the law of God. All of the law can be summarized in one grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor, even as you care for and love yourself. But if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, <laughs> you're acting like wild beasts. Whoa, that's like minor issues. You're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. It offends the Holy Spirit. And hinder him, hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. Pause. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings, your desire more of the Holy Spirit, hinders your old self-life from dominating you. Next. So then... The two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you are brought into full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. <laughs> the cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God. Manipulating others, hatred of those who get into you'll get in your way in traffic and such. <laughs> Senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored. Oh, that's good. Resentment when others are favored. That is a thing. Uh, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions. Lord, being envious of the blessings of others. Whoa, murder. Blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. <laughs> Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom, freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God. But if this, the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love, divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, Peace that subdues, 
patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities. Never set the law behind. Never set the law above these qualities. For they are meant to be limitless. <laughs> Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our old with our self-life was put to death on the cross. There it is. And crucified with Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after Him. So we may never be arrogant or look down on one another, for each of us is an original. <laughs> we must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. <laughs> Amazing, eh? Oh, Lord. Freedom is not freedom. Christian freedom is not freedom if we indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, freedom comes from serving one another. Freedom is not freedom if we indulge in the sinful nature. I think that is one thing. We need to call sin out for what it is. We all talk about, oh, we need to, you know, send the enemy to the pits of hell, da 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 That's all cool, but sin's in the camp. And until these, we deal with our own sin, I'm not saying pointing out the sin of another. That's not what we're talking about this morning. I'm saying you check your own self out. Is there sin in your life that needs to be uprooted? Do you know when I, I, I loved in gardening, um, much to, you know, other members of my family, um, I love doing the gardening, but one thing I, uh, I love getting rid of is, is weeds, right? So there are times when I've mown the lawns and there are weeds like in the grass and you just mow over them. How many know you just take the tops off and you can see it shining in the sun like, Shh. it's like, pull me up. Um, if you don't pull that out, it'll start to bud again and continue to grow. And it's interesting how sometimes if I just forget to pull it out, right, and um, it grows again. The next time you actually go to pull it out, the root's gone down deep. Do you know, like sinful things in our lives are like that. You come to church and you have a moment of worship, you just say, thank you, Jesus, and not really calling it out and letting the Holy Spirit deal with it. It goes deeper. It goes deeper. And you take one step and you fleet with sin, right? And you're like, oh. They didn't call me out this time. Flip, I made it. Save it for the next time. Right? And it comes in again, deeper. And it's growing. And it's growing. And we will not be able to fulfill God's call on our lives or on this house if we don't deal with the sin. Sin. The Bible says it easily entangles you. It trips you up. Because if you're thinking, thank God I haven't murdered anyone. But you are just in here in the foyer gossiping about someone. Jesus says, same thing. Withholding to serve somebody is just the same as being involved in sexual debauchery. Same thing. You see, so often Christian people can, can have this, oh, at least I didn't go clubbing last night. 
but listening to Rehana break it down in the car on the way here with me tapping is the same thing. We, we tend to kind of go, oh, at least it's not like that. At least it's not like that. So we have to, we have to talk about this because this is the very thing that's breaking up homes, marriages, families, communities. And we wonder why, because the church is asleep. The church is not bearing fruit. The church is not taking what we need to take hold of in order that we could achieve more things in Christ. Here's the thing. Yeah, musicians, you can come on. I can hear you rustling in the back there. <laughs> First thing, walk in the Spirit. You need to walk in the Spirit. Verse 16, you need to walk in the Spirit. So you don't, this is why you need to walk in the Spirit. So you don't gratify the desires of our flesh. Whenever I'm not walking in the Spirit, it's easy to trip up. Guaranteed. If I don't submit my day to the Lord, guaranteed there'll be a fleeting something that'll happen. Because I'm not walking in the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit. We need to be led by the Spirit so that we are not under the law. See, there's freedom when the Holy Spirit leads you because you don't need anyone telling you you can't do that because the Spirit will tell you, don't do that. Even before you see it coming, Holy Spirit sees it coming. It's like, hey, letting you know, sharp bend, slow down, open your eyes. Something's about to happen, right? So if you're being led by the Spirit, He leads you into those kinds of things. Third thing is, to live by the Spirit, which means you produce fruits, the fruit of the Spirit. One fruit, many expressions. It's one fruit of the Spirit, right? It takes on something that you need for yourself for now, but for those who walk by you, actually receive that fruit as well because you are walking in that and you're, you're walking and living by the Spirit. And the, and, the, and the fourth thing is, is that we keep in step with the Spirit. Verse 25. When you keep in step with the Spirit, you are walking in freedom. You're walking in freedom. And you're walking in the victory that God has won for you. I'm going to get you to stand with me. You see, simply listening to this message... And, and not making a decision is, is like I said earlier, is, um, is wanting the fruit, but <laughs> not wanting the policy with it. Holy Spirit is in the room. Holy Spirit is in you. And, um, and, and very quickly, I've got to do this very quickly because as I've been speaking, Holy Spirit's been speaking to people. I just want you to decide now. God, I'm going to respond to your word. I'm going to respond to you right now. And there's going to be prophetic action that's going to take place because I'm going to call you out of your seat. And this is, you don't have to tell me what you're walking down for. You are telling God what you're walking down for. And uh, this morning, as I prayed, I saw a, a line, a line here on the carpet. And what I'm going to get you to do is, is, for those that will respond to this, I pray everybody does, because I will, is there's a line. And, and God is saying, we need to cross over. 
as a, as a prophetic declaration that I'm stepping from my old life into my new. And I'm going to switch on my mind and my heart to walk in step with you, Holy Spirit. That means Holy Spirit says left, right, left. Literally, that's what we have to do. Because if we don't, we'll trip. And I'm declaring, come on, no more casualties. You're not going to walk blindly into these sinful acts because they're obvious. We can't say, oh, I didn't see it coming. No, we saw it coming. You saw it coming. Right? And so this morning, in the Holy Spirit, I'm just like, come on, can you just start praying in the Holy Spirit right now? Come on, if you pray in tongues, just begin to pray in tongues. Right now, come on, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're doing a work in us. Oh, thank you, God, that you're opening our eyes up to our ways. Thank you that you're revealing to us, Lord, the deeper things of God. Because we want to be grounded. We want to be rooted in you. God, we want to be bearing fruit. And we cannot do this if there's stuff in the way. So I thank you, God, for your grace in this season for us to step through right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so, God, I thank you for the prophetic picture of stepping from the old into the new. And, Lord, I pray as we walk over this threshold, we are going to declare right now, not just over us, but for our families, over our children, over our children's children, we declare that sin has no power over us anymore. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.